And a lot of these thoughts are ones that I feel like God has reminded me of as I've been going through Matthew again this year um, in my quiet times. But I just want to share those things that I feel like He's been teaching me and hopefully will encourage you. But it starts right there, verse 18. While He was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before Him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with Him, and so did His disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. When Jesus entered the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd. He said, Go away, the girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all that region. So this little passage here, we see two of uh, the awesome miracles that Jesus did. We see one, I mean, he, uh, he raised this girl from the dead. This girl had died, and he came and brought her back to life. There's, uh, you know, we could spend the whole morning just thinking about that one. The other one was this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years and she could not find a cure. It said she had been to a number of doctors and things had actually gotten worse under their care. Other uh, gospels shed that light on it. But, um, but she, she believed that if she could just only touch Jesus' cloak that he would, um, she would be healed. And one of the things that stands out to me when I read this and several other passages like this is just how it says Jesus is talking to this woman and he says to her, he says, your faith has healed you. You know, and the first number of times I was reading that and thinking about it, I was just really a little bit, I don't know, almost stumbled. I felt like if I'd have been there, I'd have corrected Jesus. Be like, Jesus, really, her faith healed her? Come on, you just healed her. Uh, Jesus should have, said, should have said something to her like, Woman, I just healed you. I'll be on your way, you know? But instead he said something, he said, Woman, your faith has healed you. And he sent her on her way healed. And, you know, we could say, well, maybe that was an exception. Maybe he actually meant to say, woman, I just healed you. Get on your way. Have a good day. Um, but, but this happens a number of times in the Gospels. If you've been reading through Matthew here, Jesus has said this a few times. And uh, depending on, you know, which translation of the Bible you're reading, it's somewhere from 8 to 9 to 10 to 11 times he specifically says something like this. According to your faith, it will be done for you. And he healed blind men. He healed this woman according to her faith. Um, another one he says, your faith, another interaction with the blind man, he said, your faith has healed you. Another time he says, woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Another time he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Another time he says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And if you're not getting the point, another time he says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Jesus a number of times said, hey, your faith has brought about something here. And, and I just want to make sure we don't, uh, we don't miss that. There was a time where I was just kind of like, what he means to say is, I did that for you. You really didn't have much to do with that. I just kind of did it for you. Um, but what Jesus reiterates a number of times is he said, hey, by the way, your faith actually brought this about. 
And I want to make sure we catch that. Sometimes I think we can underestimate the importance of our faith. I did a little word search on just the exact phrase, your faith. In the New Testament, that phrase, your faith, occurs more than 40 times. Your faith. Your faith this. Your faith that. Your faith this. Um, more than 40 times. And that's not including things like trust and trusted and believe and believing and believed. All of those things that also relate to your faith. That's just the exact phrase, your faith. And this morning I just want to make sure we come away with the understanding that your faith is important. Um, maybe more important than you realize. Um, here's a verse here from... First Peter chapter 1 that also talks about your faith a little bit. It says this, um, this is in the New Living Translation, but it says, talking about these trials that they were going through, but it says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine it's, and is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love Him even though you've never seen Him. And though you do not see Him now, you trust Him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your souls. You know, this just passage here, several places, just talks again about the importance of your faith. One, I think the Amplified Version says, Your faith is infinitely more valuable than gold. Or infinitely more precious than gold. You know, I don't know if you guys have been following gold, uh, the value of gold on the stock exchange or the world market. Anyone following that lately? Greg has been, you know, got to keep track of the gold there. Um, but it's, it's had a high value. It's kind of been up and down. But right now gold is worth roughly $1,341 or $2 per ounce. $1,342 per ounce. That's, that's pretty significant. Um, I was trying to do some numbers to make it a little more practical. I guess if you had 1,000 ounces of gold right now, you would be a millionaire. You would have $1.342 million. Um, you had 1,000 ounces of gold. How much is that? Huh? So roughly pound-wise uh, is 62 pounds. If you had 62 pounds of gold right now, you'd be a millionaire. So my thought was maybe we could all pitch in all the gold that we have and take it to one of those cash-and-buy places and... Uh, We'd be a millionaire as a church, right? Uh, I don't know if we've got 62 pounds, but the point I want to make out of that is that God says your faith is infinitely more precious than gold. And gold's not doing too bad by today's standards. But the, the measure that God has of your faith is something that cannot be translated into its eternal value accurately. That's how important it is. That He can even bring about the salvation of your soul. That's kind of a big deal. Um, but so the point is, you know, we're just trying to see. Your faith is infinitely more precious than gold. It can bring about the salvation of your soul. This morning, you've got to understand the importance of your faith. Maybe you've just been coasting. Maybe you haven't even really thought about it in a while. Well, this morning, I hope you think about it. Um, so let's keep trucking here. We're going to talk about this faith equation. We're going to use the letters Y F for your faith. Everyone follow that? YF equals your faith. All right, good. I haven't lost any of the non-math majors yet, right? Yeah. Um, here's one of the equations we're going to talk about. I'll give you something to think about. We're going to build on this. We're going to make it maybe a little more concise. So your faith times the object of your faith will produce the results of your faith. 
Your faith, whatever that measure is, times the object, whatever you're placing your faith in, it's going to produce the results of your faith. And that's a little equation we're going to work with here. So, um, But let's stick to the scriptures as we go. Um, another place in the Gospels here, Mark, you guys can turn with me as well, Mark chapter 5. It's, uh, it also talks about this woman who was healed uh, from this the flow of blood that she had that she that could not stop it was sapping her of her you know her life strength and vitality um, but we're going to read a little more Mark sheds a little more light on this passage that um, that can help us here and it's uh, Mark 5:29 read a couple verses there but here's what Mark says he has a few more details But he says, uh, Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. In this one, again, he speaks of this woman's faith. Your faith has healed you. But we also know that it wasn't, you know, sometimes we can think, well, maybe, maybe she just had the power of positive thinking. She placed faith in herself and she healed herself and she just thought if she could touch Jesus, she would heal herself. But that's not what we catch in this. I love how it says here, that once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, her faith brought about the healing, but her faith was in the fact that Jesus had the power to heal her. There was a combination there of what she believed and what Jesus had the power to do. And you know, I just, I don't even, I can't even grasp, how do you know power has gone out from you? You know, it's like, I think of electricity or something, you have some sort of meter and Jesus like, you know, there was a few ticks off the gauge there because she touched me. And I don't, I don't even know. But um, it's not like he lost any power. It's like, oh, he's down a few volts of, or amps or whatever of power. Um, he just knew that it had gone from him to someone else to bring about healing and freedom in her life. But, we, you know, we have to catch that he is also a part of that equation. He is the, the object of our faith. Yeah, our faith is important, but um, so is the object of our faith, and maybe even more so, or as much it's important. Um, later on he was talking to uh, uh, blind men, and... Uh, they came up to him and were asking Jesus to heal them. But he asked him this question. Do you believe that I am able to do this? And that's a question you can wrestle with about something in your life. What's going on in your world? You know, classes or relationships, your to-do list, work, whatever it is. I think you've got to answer Jesus' question here. It's just as true today. He would say to you, do you believe that I am able to do this? And it, and it again, incorporates both your belief in what he is able to do. It's not just about your faith, but it is about what your faith combined with him is able to do. And it's both of those. That's why our our equation has your faith times the object of your faith. Um, There we go. Your faith times JC equals supernatural results from the creator of the universe. But we'll use the object of your faith that we're going to talk about this morning is obviously Jesus. Or, or God. You know, Jesus was God in the flesh. But what is your faith times Jesus 
equal. What is that bringing about? That's the equation there. And um, uh, I like this definition of faith. It says, um, your faith is how real you think God really is. Your faith is how real you think God really is. It's really putting those two sides of the equation together. There's, there's God and what He can do. You combine that with what you think He can do and you come out with the result. Your faith. How real do you think God really is? You know, in that part of how real you can you know, put a blank line there and add how gracious do you think God is? How powerful do you think God is? How loving do you think God really is? And those all kind of add up to amount to your faith. And how real you think God, God really is, and what He can do. And um, but you might have to answer that question to yourself right here this morning. How real do you think God really is? Now all of us could say, "Oh, God's so real; He can do all these things." I know the Bible, but you know we're going to find out that uh, your faith combined with how real you think God is, it's going to be given away by the results that you're getting. We could all say, God is so huge, He's so amazing, and I've got faith, and the results are so puny. Um, we, we have to somehow, we're going to look and see how, how those combine together here. Let's see. Um, here's something else to think about. Say you take the equation, your faith times, maybe you believe in hard work. Your faith times hard work, what sort of results does that bring, bring about? Well, it brings about the results that hard work can bring about, Right? Uh, some people believe in hard work. I don't believe in none of that faith. I just believe in good old hard work. Put your nose to the grindstone. Well, that'll be shown by the results that you get. If you believe in hard work, the only results you're probably going to turn out are results that come from working hard. And you can fill in the blank. Maybe you believe in something else. Maybe you believe in you believe in yourself. You believe in natural medicine. You believe in whatever it is. It's going to relate to the results that you end up getting. But you see, the problem becomes along the way that we need results that are beyond our own efforts. We need results that are beyond what the doctor can do for me. We need results that you can't bring about by just sheer hard work. And, and there's a lot of things we'll need those in. And just, we're just going to do a quick review of some of the things that Jesus did. A lot of his miracles tie into to things, you know, you and I probably don't need to be healed from leprosy. I haven't met anyone healed from leprosy. There's no one in this room that I know to be blind. Without glasses, there's a few of us that are close. But, uh, um, you know, no one's paralyzed here. There's, there's all sorts of things here. But Jesus did each one of these miracles. But those miracles really relate to another issue, something a lot of ways that has to do with sin and, and some of the impact of sin on our lives. And there's some things that your hard work can't change. Your hard work can't deliver you from the uncleanness caused by sin. Um, hard work or medicine can't heal you from the, the shame, the disgust, the loathsomeness that you can feel from sin, like that leper must have felt. Hard work or other things can't heal you from the helplessness caused by sin. Sin puts people in some seriously helpless situations and some addictions that they cannot break free from. Though many have tried through many objects of faith, Jesus set people free from them. There's things in our lives that sin saps what life we're we're supposed to have life to the fullest and sin can take that and steal that from us. Just like this woman's life was robbed from what it could have been before Jesus healed her. Sin can make us deaf, mute, Unable to hear from God. Unable to speak in things related to spiritual matters. 
Scriptures are clear on that. But Jesus is able to deliver from that. Sin can make us blind. Often sin makes people blind to their own sin and blind to the need for a Savior. And yet Jesus has the ability to open our eyes, not only physically but spiritually. Jesus has the ability to raise people from the dead. He raised that young girl physically from the dead, but He's also able to raise all of us spiritually who die because of sin. Those are some things that you can't bring about by other objects of faith. Let's look at the results that we're getting here. R is the results of your faith. You know, it makes a lot of sense, right? R, results of your faith. Okay. So here's a kind of summary of this equation that we're talking about here. Take your faith. Multiply it times God, Jesus. Um, and that's the result. You know, I think many of you might know what E equals MC squared. Anyone know that equation? You know, Albert came up with that a while back. It's a pretty important one, I hear. Anyone know what it actually stands for? E is what? Like all the energy of the universe or something like that is mass of the universe times the speed of light squared. Try to figure out how to apply that. Good luck. You know, I don't know. But but I would make the case that this equation is even more important than that. This equation is your faith times the creator of the universe are going to bring about some results in this planet. That could happen no other way. Um, and I think it has the possi- infinite possibilities of what could happen there, but uh, you know, I think that E equals MC squared is also helpful in certain circles too, and you know how to, how to use it there. Um, but, um, so here's a few questions. Let's look at this equation. Um, what if your faith... In, in the object of your faith, but if your faith equals zero, what, how's this equation going to work here? Let's say that Jesus' power is infinity. Some of you have some fun math classes here, but what happens when you take infinity and you multiply it times zero, you come away with zero of infinity, what, is, what do you get? Zero. If you didn't pass that math class, talk to, talk to some of these math miners here. Some of these engineers will tell you it's true. You take an infinite number, multiply times zero, always gets you zero. Well, that's true in math, but is it true in faith? Well, I think so. Jesus said, you know, let's read this here, Mark 6, 4 through 6. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, in his own house, is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hand on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. But look at that there. He could not do any miracles there. He went to the city, the God of the universe, with infinite power and grace and ability. And what happened there? But he couldn't do any miracles. Not because of him, because when he multiplied what he could do times the faith of the people around him, it came away with nothing. That's pretty wild. You know, that's an amazing thing to think, that the God of the universe in that city was limited to nothing because of people's faith. I didn't write that. I didn't come up with this equation. I'm just trying to document it in a friendly uh, mathematical form here. Um, but there's a lot to chew on there. What about them? Let's look at this equation again. But what if you have a, a small number? What if your faith, you go, okay, I've got, got a little bit of faith. It's not zero. 
you know, on good days it's like point zero zero zero, or bad days point zero zero nine or something like that. It's a small number. But what happens when you take a small number times infinity? Anyone? It's a really big number again. It's like approaches infinity. That's that's the deal. Um, so if you have a little bit of faith times an infinite God, an infinitely powerful and gracious God, you come away with the possibility for huge or infinite results. Let's look at some examples of a little bit of faith, what happened. Here's a classic story you might remember. is Peter walking on water. Sometimes it's easy to take that for granted. You know, Jesus is out on the, on the sea and he's walking and the disciples are freaked out and Peter's like, Jesus, if that's really you, tell me to come walk on water to you. And Jesus says, come on out, Peter. And Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking on water. Don't you wish you knew how many steps he took? Like, how far did he get before he started going down, you know? Uh, I don't know. But, but here's what Jesus said to him. After he starts to sink, he looks at the waves and things around him. He says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, usually we can take that as a rebuke from Jesus. But... But I, I take it as I take it as a compliment. You have little faith. You're the only other person on the planet who's walked on water. You have little faith. Why'd you doubt? Why'd you stop? I take it more as a compliment. You know, can you imagine? Sometimes it talks about the disciples, and they they kind of would argue about who was the most important one amongst them all. Can you imagine Peter brings the trump card to the table? Oh yeah, you think you're cool, you're the sons of thunder? I walked on water. You think you're better than me? You know, he probably brought that up in his conversation. I, I, I would. But, you know, but the point is, he just had a little bit of faith and he walked on water. Just a little bit times an infinite creator could do some pretty awesome things. And that was not the only time it happened. We know this other uh, situation here. What if you just have a little faith? What if your faith is just like a little tiny mustard seed? Some of you have seen a mustard seed before? Anyone? Yes, most of you have. They're little tiny. We've got a little, you know, package of them at home there. But they're these little tiny little grains almost, you know. And, but Jesus said, hey look, if you have a little bit of faith, like a little tiny mustard seed, here's what can happen. He says, if you have the, the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Now, I was reading recently this book by Bruce Wilkinson, and he, he kind of talks about this verse, but he drew something out that I hadn't really caught before. He said, Jesus said, if you've got a faith like a little tiny mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. You know, I usually read it to say, if you have faith like a little tiny mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. In the back of our minds, we all go, yes, if I had that faith, I could do that. I just have never done that because I didn't want to do that yet. I like the mountains right where they are. The front range is perfect. Why move Long's Peak? But if I wanted to, I could do that. But what does this say? If you've got the faith of a mustard seed, you will say to a mountain, move it. That seems like even more boldness, even more confidence to tell a mountain to move. Not that you could. We just haven't got around to it. All of us have that faith, right? A little mustard seed in our back pocket. But he's saying if you have that, you will say to something like a mountain, move. Get out of my way. Get over there. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. What sort of results have you been getting lately from your faith? 
We can look at this equation. Look at what Jesus is able to do. Look what a little bit of faith is able to do. Look at the results we've been getting and you can kind of figure out some things. How big is your faith? What are the results your faith have brought into this world lately? We'll look at the... You know, maybe take a breather here. Um, you can get a little fired up sometimes, but I'd probably tone it down a little bit with... A better, another way to put the spiritual truth other than an equation is another great format is in a haiku, right? So here's a little haiku related to faith. Again, you know haikus are, they don't rhyme, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. You know, I, I try to make them rhyme. And anytime I've entered a little haiku contest, like on the Denver Post, I always try to make them rhyme. None of those ever win. You know, people who win those are just like these eclectic five syllables, seven syllables. So this one doesn't rhyme. So don't shoot me. But here's a, maybe a haiku to express this here. I can't wait till we get the warehouse set up. We have some coffee shops and get some more haikus flowing, right? I've heard some other people have some. Greg had a scriptural haiku recently, I heard. Is that right? No? It wasn't a haiku. Uh, too many syllables. Okay, well, that's good. Um, but here's, here's how this haiku goes. First line, your faith in Jesus. Five syllables. Power from God unleashes. Mountains get nervous. I don't know. Probably not going to sell many copies of that, but uh, you guys can have it on your own. Um, but, but, you know, the point is that our faith has the ability to unleash the power and the grace of the God of heaven here on earth. You can bring His power to bear somewhere here on earth. That's a pretty awesome deal. Watch out, mountains. Front range is going to get a little nervous from this church, I hope. You know, the point of it all here, you know, more seriously, is your faith has the potential to cause the power of God, the God of heaven, to 